What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to preview this big Eagles-Seahawks game on Monday Night Football with John Gilbert. He's a writer for the Seahawks SB Nation site, Field Gulls, and we'll go over some of the key matchups coming up in this game that really both teams need equally as much. The Eagles trying to stop a two-game losing streak. The Seahawks trying to end a four-game losing streak streak. Both these teams' playoff positions looked a lot more solid a couple of weeks ago. The Eagles still in great shape to make the playoffs, of course, trying to hold off the Cowboys for the top of the division and reclaim the top spot in the conference. But even more than that, just try to get some of their mojo back. But we'll talk about the challenges that the Seahawks prevent, what they like to do offensively and defensively, and how their season has fared so far, as the Eagles have really struggled to beat the Seahawks over the years. So uh, we'll talk about that Monday night matchup coming up here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Well, this game coming up on Monday night between uh, the Eagles and the Seahawks, a, a must-win game. Not a must-win game, but a very, very important game for both teams. Both teams probably more of a must-win game for Seattle at five and six losers, or probably six and seven losers of four in a row. Uh, then the Eagles, who are coming in at ten and three, but losers of two in a row. Joining me to break this thing down, John Gilbert, who is a writer and deputy editor for the SB Nation Seahawks site Field Goals. John, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. Always good to talk football. Always good to talk Seahawks. So. Full disclosure to everybody listening, John and I just wrapped up 20 to 25 minutes of really good analysis on this game, and then I, I forgot to hit the record button. So we're we're doing it again and bringing the same energy, which I which I think is uh, I think is a, a testament to uh, to our will here, John. You know what I mean? But we're not we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna pussyfoot around here. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't don't question the heart. Don't question the That's heart. That's right. Uh, well, let's start things off. And uh, just if you can kind of tell me, the Seahawks on a four-game losing streak, what has been going on over the last month that has seen Seattle's fortunes turn a little bit? You know, it's... It, the reality is, is they've just hit the roughest part of the schedule. You, as soon as the schedule came out in, back in May, we this part of the schedule, a pair of games against the 49ers, game against the Cowboys, game against the Eagles was pegged as the hardest part of the schedule. We didn't really expect the Rams to kind of be what they were this season. Nobody That kind of surprised everybody, but they swept yeah. the Seahawks. That was a rough loss, and everything that could go wrong over the past four to six weeks has absolutely gone wrong, and it's just been very, very rough to watch a once-promising season kind of circle the drain. It's not quite there mm. yet, but it's uh, it's heading quickly if things don't turn around. Yeah, luckily the five, six, seven seeds, uh, whoever gets that is going to do it with a round of 500 record. So certainly Seattle not out of the mix uh, at this point. And, and you could argue they have as much talent, if not more talent, than uh, some of the other teams who are going to be vying for that spot. But it's it's certainly a mad scramble there at the bottom of the NFC playoff picture. The Eagles have a seven-game losing streak against the Seattle Seahawks. The last time they beat Seattle was thirty was back in 2008. They won 26-7 to in Seattle. Uh, since then, the Eagles have lost 
lost a playoff game to the Seahawks. They lost in 2020, the last time they played 23 to 17. Of course, all those games with Russell Wilson under center. Now uh, the the Seahawks have uh, it's either going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke under center. As we're recording this on Friday afternoon, uh, Drew Locke uh, his his status is a little bit up in the air. Uh, John, tell me real quick, how is he looking um, so far as as far as trending towards playing on Monday night? Uh, you mean Geno Smith, correct? Geno Smith, yeah. Who did I say, yeah. Locke? <laughs> yeah, Geno uh, yeah, Gino. Gino was back at practice yesterday. Um, so I'm expecting him to play. Geno reportedly wanted to play through the injury last Sunday and just couldn't, you know, the, he gave it a shot pregame, couldn't make it happen. Uh, but I am expecting Geno to play. He's played through a significant number of injuries this season. Uh, the knee and ankle injuries suffered against the Giants on Monday Night Football in Week 4. The elbow injury suffered against the Rams. Uh, and it's just, I, I don't think he's going to want to miss out on an opportunity to try and, you know, win in prime time and keep the Seahawks season alive. Yeah, I mean, they really need him here in this game in order to get back to 500 and keep their playoff uh, playoff dreams alive. If he can't go, how big of a drop-off is it with Locke under center? It, it's really random with Locke. I mean, it's, you know, you could get, if you get good Locke and you get good luck, then it could be fantastic <laughs> because he will, um, you know, he's got an arm. He's got an absolute monster cannon for an arm. He slings it effortlessly all over the field. The problem is he just kind of slings it effortlessly without even really seeming to care where it's going. Um, and so it's, you know, he, there's a lot of, you know, if he gets good luck, if you he happens to throw it where there's no defenders and we get some long plays, great. Like we saw that how the game started out against the 49ers on Sunday. They drove right down the field, 75-yard touchdown drive to start the game. Fantastic, awesome way to start. And then, you know, turn around and we saw some of the bad luck where, you know, mm -hmm. his throws were either late or they were off target. And, you know, either he hit some 49ers or were very close to hitting some 49ers. A couple were picked off. Another one was picked off, but it was waved off because of a flag. So it's, you know, with that's what you get with Locke. You know, you're yeah. he's going to sling it, and it just depends on which team's going to come down with it. Well, both teams are really struggling defensively right now. And since we're talking about the Seattle offense, let's let's take a look at uh, kind of what they're going to be going up against uh, against an Eagles defense that enters with a 98.4 passer rating allowed this year. That's 30th in the NFL. Um, you look at uh, at, at third at a third down situation. Both teams really really struggling in third down Seattle's offense 26th in third down conversion rate but they'll be going up against an Eagles defense that ranks dead last in third down conversion rate allowed uh, the Eagles also 30th in red zone defense uh, allowing 24.7 points per game which is 28th in the NFL so this is a game where Seattle's offense which again is a strength of theirs going up against a, a the Eagles big weakness which is of course their pass defense Seattle three great three very good receivers maybe one great receiver in DK Metcalf big matchup to watch DK Metcalf going up against Darius Slay Metcalf has kind of had his number the last the last couple times they've met up uh, 10 catches for 177 yards in week 12 of 2020 how do you anticipate the Seattle offense attacking this Eagles defense you know, I think they're going to look to to their weapons. They've been a pass first team all season. They've been looking to throw the ball. Uh, they you know, when they can, they've gone to DK. They've gone you know heavy to Metcalf. Uh, when he's been able to make plays, it's been fantastic. When he hasn't been able to make plays, he's at least been able to draw double coverage. That opens things up for both 
the you know for both Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba and when defenses work to try and shut down all three of them that opens things up for the tight ends Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson, Will Disley who aren't necessarily going to get open on them their own but if you scheme them open because defenses are paying attention to other targets all three of those guys have the ability to make things happen after they catch it with the ball in their hand. We've seen that all throughout the season with Noah Fant against the Cardinals, with Colby Parkinson against the Lions. Uh, it's just a matter of what's the defense going to do in terms of trying to pick your poison, in terms of which mm -hmm. offensive weapon to try and stop, and then hope that the Seattle offensive line can go ahead and provide enough protection for Geno to stay alive, deliver the ball, and get it to where into the hands of one of his playmakers. Well, every week as Eagles fans, we look at how this Eagles defense can survive against a good offense, and the answer is always, well, the front four has to get pressure. PFF ranks Seattle's offensive line as number 28 in the NFL. Um as you look at that matchup, the Eagles uh, pass rushers, uh, specifically a front four that has kind of been, a lot of people think, hitting the, hitting the wall. You know, just seeming, seeming like kind of running out of gas. Josh Sweat is reaching a career high in snaps, and he's still got four games left. Uh, Hassan Reddick's still productive, but uh, Drew Locke um, was sacked, uh, what was it, four times against the Niners? Yes, yeah, sacked four times against the Niners uh, last time out. How big of an advantage? Is there a big advantage in what the Eagles are going to bring from their front four going up against this uh, Seattle offensive line? There absolutely is, and that's going to be true for the majority of defensive fronts in the NFL when facing the Seattle offensive line. Uh, that's not to take anything away from what the line has done, but there is just it's one of the youngest and least experienced offensive lines in the entire league. There are the only players who are on second contracts right now are either on injured reserve or center Evan Brown, who is on a one-year deal after coming over as a free agent from the Lions. Uh, they are very young. They have battled a ton of injuries all season long. Right tackle Abe Lucas has not played a full game all season. He's played the parts of three games. This will be the part, you know, the fourth game. Maybe we'll see him for all the snaps. They had to look to 41-year-old Jason Peters, you know, a name that'll be familiar to Eagles oh, fans. My goodness, yeah. For, uh, yeah, for uh, a couple games at right tackle, a couple games at right guard. So it has been a battle on the offensive line this season just to stay healthy. They are getting healthy now. They're about as healthy as they have been all season. Um, and, and now it becomes a matter of how can that unit that they projected to play perform against a, a defensive front that is likely, you know, whether it's more talented or more experienced or a little bit of both, that that could pose significant issues for a Seattle front that it's not just one-on-one -on -one pass protection that they're losing. They're, they're failing to recognize stunts, a lot mm. of defensive games up front, especially on third and long situations that have brought about the end of a whole lot of drives, creating a lot of pressure on Geno Smith uh, and then Drew Locke against San Francisco as well, obviously. Well, it's the Sean Desai defense has, in some cases, not made any sense with some of the, the things he's scheming up. And the Eagles don't do a lot of stunts when they do. They're not very successful. It's more just kind of beat your man kind of stuff. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out on Monday night. Let's uh, flip the field and let's uh, take a look at the Seattle uh, defense against the Eagles offense. And as you look at Jalen Hurts and, and what he's done so far this year, obviously throwing the football very well, but the his, the running aspect of his game just hasn't been there. It, ha it has He has not been dynamic as a runner a couple of plays here and there but he's committed a lot of turnovers this season he was in the MVP conversation up until the last couple of weeks but obviously that's not going to happen now what do you make of Jalen Hurts's 2023 season and how dangerous do you think he is it's going to come down to you know it's like any any 
quarterback has had their success and any running quarterback once defenses know what to look for once defenses know what to anticipate they it really they're able to take things away and you've got to find that new way to get into something or the new way to attack the defenses you know we we saw it with Russell Wilson we kind of saw it progress in the NFC West with Colin Kaepernick and everything a decade ago you know but uh, hurts is hurts and the Eagles have offensive weapons who can hurt the Seahawks you know especially mm -hmm. they can hurt the Seahawks with a defense that has struggled you know not just all season, but in particular the last six weeks. They've struggled to stop the run game. They've struggled to stop teams through the air. They've struggled to stop teams on third down. You know, you mentioned that the Eagles are 32nd and third, allowing third down conversions to the NFL. Well, the Seattle defense wants you to know they're coming for that spot because 32nd <laughs> is going to be theirs. <laughs> you yeah. know, we, 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 we kind of joke here as Seattle fans is, is we're watching the games. You know, it's first down runs you know, short yardage, second down incomplete. Oh no, it's third and long. This is exactly where the opponent wants to be. It's, you know, they've struggled uh, to stop the opponents. It not just, it's not just a specific situations. It doesn't matter. Third and long, Pete Carroll's doing the Pete Carroll defense uh, and defenses know how, or excuse me, offenses know how to attack that because he's been doing the, basically the same thing for four, coming on 14 years now. Does that sound familiar, it, Eagles fans? Does that sound it, familiar? It should. <laughs> and it really, it's, it's you know, it, between first frustrations and the frustrations of of losing five of six and four in a row it's a lot of fans are really reaching the point where it's like okay it's time to do something different because it's you know, we've been doing this for a long time it worked really well but it, it's time to move on and it's the the defense has really really struggled this season <laughs> Let's talk Eagles run game against the Seattle uh, run defense. You mentioned a second ago that they, they have been decent somewhat in, in stopping the run, but um, the Eagles have been using DeAndre Swift mostly at, at as their as their primary ball carrier. Um, they signed Rashad Penny in the offseason, and he hasn't played at all, which is kind of mystifying to me as well. But uh, how is uh, how is Seattle's run defense, do you think, if the Eagles committed to trying to run the football? That's something they'll be able to do? Well, to start the year, and just like you say, Seattle was number one in the league against the run. They were average, you know, opponents were out running for three and a half yards a carry, 3.6 yards a carry. They were stymieing opposing, opposing offenses. And then something gave, whatever, you know, whether teams changed the way they were attacking, whatever got to the harder part of the schedule, they have not been able to stop anyone from running the football for for a month now, maybe even a little bit more. Against the 49ers, the 49ers averaged 9.1 yards per carry against the Seahawks defense that was ranked number one in the NFL in rushing defense early in the year. So they've just been bullied, and it's one of the big concerns heading into the game is that the Eagles have an offensive line that's experienced enough, that's physical enough, that they could really have the opportunity. If they commit to running the ball and they decide that's what they want to do, they can push the Seattle defense around and they can probably move the ball pretty well. You know, I would actually hope that they do that just because the the defense has, has struggled against the run, but it's struggled less against the run than it has against the pass this season. And I think, you know, with, with the matchup that the Seahawks have against the Eagles defense, I I think Geno Smith can keep up in a you know in a shootout better against an Eagles team that's committed to the run than an Eagles team that's throwing the ball all over the field to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, and you mentioned the the secondary might be dealing with some injury issues, right? And that could that could open things up for the for the Eagles wide receivers. Absolutely, Devin Witherspoon, obviously fifth overall pick in the 2023 draft. He has been lights out, phenomenal for the Seahawks this season. He's dealing with injury. You know whether we see him or not, I don't think we will. Um, and then Trey Brown, who's another of their 
top cornerbacks. He's been battling injury. They, they've got other guys. They've got, you know, the Mike Jackson, who played for all of last year. He was good against the 49ers. Reek Woolen, who was phenomenal as a rookie in 2022, he has struggled mightily this season, uh, whether it's with assignments, whether it's, you know, biting on play action when he shouldn't, coverage miscues, whatever it may be, Woolen has been, you know, I hesitate to say liability this season, but he's he's certainly not been the same player this year as he was last year. So there are certainly opportunities to take advantage of the Seattle secondary. All right. Well, uh, John, as we uh, get ready for this game on Monday night, again, a game that both teams uh, really need to win. But Seattle probably a little bit more of a sense of urgency here in this one as their their playoff hopes are are kind of on the line. But uh, you look at these two teams, a lot of similarities defensively, some some similarities offensively. Uh, how do you see this thing shaking out? You know, I'm expecting a shootout. I think both teams are going to put a lot of points on the board. Um, but And I think it'll be close up until the very end. I think it's one of those games where the team that gets the ball last is going to come out on top. And I, I think the Seahawks, they're going to be at home. They'll have that home advantage, uh, home field advantage. And I think they'll be able to, to pull it out late. I think it'll be very close, a one-score game. Uh, but I do see Seattle winning this game at home in prime time. All right, and we'll see if that's Geno Smith under center or Drew Locke making that prediction come true here on Monday night. But again, uh, the Eagles looking to break a seven-game losing streak against uh, Seattle, and uh, they'll they'll try and get that done on Monday night. Make sure you're reading everything uh, over uh, involving the, the the Seahawks over at uh, Field Goals and, and everything John Gilbert is writing over there. John, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. I really appreciate it. No problem. Great to be here. Thanks again for having me. Great to talk football. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, to wrap things up, my quick thoughts here on this game coming up. And I do think, like, each of these last two weeks, I've picked the Eagles to win. And that was just kind of based out of blind faith. But there is, I do, I I will admit to you that I blinded myself to the warning signs and the ebb and flow of a football season. I, I think if you stepped back and took a look at, Really, everything—the the the disadvantages that the Eagles were facing these last two weeks against the Cowboys and 49ers, games in which they were exhausted, coming off of games in which they had to get up mentally and physically for some of the top teams in the NFL, the defense especially, playing so many snaps, an undermanned defense with some new people in there, and then you're playing the two best teams, two of the best teams in the NFL, maybe the two teams playing the best football in the NFL— in back-to-back weeks when each of those teams had extended rest periods before taking on the Eagles. It was, it was a, this has been a tsunami of schedule nightmare that we kind of knew was coming. 
We looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season, and we knew that this was going going to be a gauntlet, and the Eagles surprised us by winning the first three games of this gauntlet. But these last two losses, of course, it just felt like it, it felt like the bill came due in each of these last two weeks. And so the question that we're asking ourselves is, can the Eagles recover enough against a lesser opponent, but going into a tough place, going into flying across the country to go into Seattle and take on a Seahawks team on Monday Night Football again in prime time? Have the Eagles, will they get it? Will they recover enough this week? And is the, the drop off an opponent against a Seahawks team that is a potential playoff team? Is is that enough of a drop-off? Is, is the Seattle defense weak enough for the Eagles offense to get right this week, to do enough of the things that, that they've been doing to avoid the, the turnovers that have been such a big bugaboo these last few weeks? Can they... Can they find a rhythm offensively? Can all that happen against a defense that really this should be a get-right game against the Eagles uh, for the Eagles offense? And with the Eagles defense, I, I really want to point you to some of the stuff that Shane Half has been doing on on Twitter. He and Johnny Page do a great show uh, for us called Shane, the Shane Page, uh, which is a real, really good film breakdown of everything that's been going on with the Eagles and just some of the things that they have been talking about and showing on film with what Sean Desai is doing as a defensive coordinator. Not only, yes, we understand that the defense, the personnel isn't as good as what Jonathan Gannon had to do last year, but not only is he not it, it, not only is he not taking advantage of the players that he has and putting them in the best places to succeed, he's actually putting them in a play in a position to be unsuccessful with some of his blitz schemes, the the way he has people lined up, uh, the people that he chooses to do certain things, drop into coverage uh, on the D line, uh, choosing to blitz certain people and, and not others. Like some of the stuff that they're doing on third downs, there there is a reason behind it all. And so much of it is schematic. He is not putting his players in a good position to make plays. And we know that it's a limited roster. We're not saying that this guy's got a bunch of pro bowlers. And we know that the unit is tired. They have to rely on some of these young guys. We don't know if Reed Blankenship, as of this recording, is going to be cleared of the concussion protocol and, and able to play. Hopefully he is. But the, the veterans that they've added, Shaq Leonard made no impact last week. Kevin Byard has really not made any impact at all. Uh, Keely Ringo got on the got on the field a ton last week and had what you would expect from a rookie who really has never played before. He had some real rough moments out there. So there are some headwinds for sure. And this Seattle offense is quite good. They are quite good, especially with Geno Smith under center. So there is it's another challenging week for the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um they are not being helped by their defensive coordinator. They need to change some things. They need to do some things. I thought it was interesting this week that on Thursday, they practiced in full pads. They haven't done that since early October on a Thursday. Though they have an extra day to prepare. That's one of the reasons why Nick Sirianni said he wanted to do that. But at this stage of the season, you're trying to balance rest with a um, you know with, with a practice like that. But uh, indicating that there's some things they needed to tighten up. There are some things they needed to work on, and I think it was Jordan Mailata, maybe it was Dallas Goddard, who said that a practice like that really helps the young guys. It's game, it's almost game speed, and that's really helpful to guys like Keely Ringo, uh, so that they can to Sidney Brown, you know, some of the other guys who are the young guys who are getting a lot of playing time right now. That that sort of thing is is pretty helpful. So we'll see if that's the case. The Eagles can't. The Eagles are not as bad as they've looked these last two weeks. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree that the way the schedule ended up coming out was as bad as we could have thought. I always downplay the importance of the schedule in the preseason because a lot of the times when you look at a gauntlet like that, one or two of those teams ends up 
not being as good as you think they are. Well, that wasn't the case this year. Maybe the Chiefs aren't as good as we thought they were going to be, but they're still pretty darn good, especially when you have to go into Kansas City. The Bills are still a really tough team, despite the record, right? The Cowboys twice. Cowboys are a really good football team. The 49ers are a really good football team. The Seahawks are right about where I would have expected them to be. Maybe a game worse, but, you know, the Seahawks are still a, a team that can beat this Eagles team. But the Seahawks have been coming into Philadelphia and winning every every game for like the last seven or eight years. The Eagles can very easily go up to Seattle and win that game. They should anyway. If this is a Super Bowl team, if this is a true Super Bowl contender, they will go into Seattle and right the ship. And I think they'll do that. I think they'll do that this year, uh, this week, uh, this Monday night. I, I think they'll go into Seattle. I think they will take care of business. I do think the offense is going to have a good game. I think they're going to bounce back. I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage. I do think you're going to see um, some more stuff over the middle from Jalen Hurts. He's reverted back to his 2021 playing style of everything outside the numbers, nothing in the middle of the field. I think that's, I, 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 maybe I'm stupid for continuing to pick the Eagles to win every single week. But I, I think this is a good team that had a, like I said, a, a scheduling tsunami hit them over the course of these uh, last couple of weeks. And I think getting this extra day, it may mean Drew Locke can, I mean, it may mean that Geno Smith can play having this extra day, but I think it's also helpful for the Eagles to get that extra day of rest and preparation, especially since they have to fly across the country. So I am going to pick the Eagles to get back on the winning track. I'm going to pick the Eagles to win pretty much every game the rest of the season, just so you're aware. But I think this will be a, a good game for the offense. I think they'll score over 30. And as I wrote for Bleeding Green Nation this week, if the Eagles are going to go on a Super Bowl run, it is going to have to be on the backs of the offense. The offense is going to have to score 30 or more points a game. I really just think that's how we have to orient this team in our minds right now. There have been teams with lackluster defenses that have won a Super Bowl. And they have won Super Bowls because the offense has carried them. This offense has the players to carry this team to a Super Bowl title. They really do. And there are there are some things this team can do offensively to give themselves easy wins in the passing game and in the running game. There are things they can do that they're not doing. And they've been talked about ad nauseum. There's motion. Uh, there's new. There's different formations. There's changing the way they run. There's scheming guys to different guys to get open. This offense can be a 30-point-per-game offense over the last month of the season. They can score 30 points a game in the playoffs. That's how good this unit is. Jalen Hurts can be a guy, even if he's not running the ball great. And I really hope that returns, but it may not return this year. But he's a good enough passer that if he gets a little bit of help from Nick Sirianni's schemes and the play calling of Brian Johnson— the, this offense can score, but that's the only way this team is making a, a Super Bowl run because this defense cannot schematically shut down great offenses. There's just they don't have the personnel to do it. So if the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl, it is going to have to be driven by the offense. They are going to have to put this team Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, De DeAndre Swift. This offensive line is going to have to put the Eagles on their back and they're going to have to figure out ways to get contributions from O.Z., Maybe even a, a Quez Watkins sighting here and there. Jalen Hurts is going to have to start looking at some other players. If there's a tight end not named Dallas Goddard that's wide open in the middle of the field, throw the dadgum ball to him, Jalen. 
That's that's how this is going to work. You you cannot be an exclusive offense for just three guys all the time because you are going to be vanilla. Saw one of the Eagles uh, players anonymously telling Derek Gunn this week that the offense has been predictable. By the way, that's not Alshon Jeffrey, Carson Wentz stuff here. That's pretty vanilla. That that kind of a comment is pretty vanilla, and it's the truth. They've been predictable. Teams know what's coming. Nick Sirianni has to realize that and see that. I think that's what's frustrating is because you you can, as a fan, see there are some easy answers here. There are some easy things that they can do to get themselves some more layups, to get Jalen Hurts out of second and 10, third and eight. Get yourself a second and four by hitting the six-yard play on first down. Go ahead and do it. It's okay. Not every play has to be a 15-yard out to Devontae, uh, to Devontae Smith or a 20-yard crosser to A.J. Brown. So there are things that they can do. There are things they should do that will allow this offense to carry them. And that is how they're going to get to the Super Bowl if they get there. It's not going to be with a ton of contributions from the defense. The defense may play some good games against the Giants and Cardinals coming up here over the last month of the season. But when they get into the playoffs, they're going to face good offenses. They're probably going to give up 20 to 25 points a game. The offense is going to have to score four or five touchdowns a game. They're going to have to have five or six scoring drives a game. They're going to have to get better inside the red zone. And they're going to have to score touchdowns, not field goals. The offense is going to have to carry this team to a Super Bowl if they're going to get there. I read a, wrote about that for Bleeding Green Nation this week. I encourage you all to check that out. My prediction is that this week is the first step to the offense doing that. I think the offense will take care of business. I think they'll beat the Seahawks 34-24 to 24 in Seattle. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Eye on the Enemy. We'll talk to you all next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.